When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. When putting together your gear, wrap a piece of duct tape around your water bottle. It's barely noticeable, but if another piece of gear breaks or tears, pull off your tape to make a quick patch or repair. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca, and I'm back after a week off. I had family in town celebrating my kids' baptism. It was a great time, a beautiful ceremony, and really uh, great to kind of reconnect with the whole family, everyone together to celebrate that. Um, so I took that weekend off of Take It Home Podcast because I had family in town. There was just no way I was going to be able to watch enough wrestling uh to do a show so i you know had to put on hold and but i'm back here with another episode i'm excited to talk about the show i'm gonna talk about today um but a program note i will be taking off next weekend as well um it's spring break for my oldest daughter chloe and and we are taking a little family vacation which is going to be i'll be gone for the weekend so again, I will not have an opportunity to uh, record and for a show for next weekend. So I'll be off next weekend as well. Um, but I will be back um, for the Fight Game Media Podcast Plus show for the 1998 Raw review with Gary Gonzalez. We have that will be on our Patreon. Patreon again is only five dollars. If you haven't subscribed. Give us a shot. A lot of great content, a lot of great wrestling content, a lot of great MMA, boxing content. We cover everything in the fight game, and that's a great Patreon that's doing really well, and we're really happy with it. Um, and we'll love to get some new new subscribers, and I just I think if you just give us a shot for a month, you want to keep sticking around because, like I said, we have a lot of great shows. And um, So, yeah, I'll be taking off next weekend as well, but uh, I'll come back with a vengeance and I'll be hitting those shows hard, and I appreciate all the feedback I get on these shows um, from fans and wrestlers, um, you know, because they, they they know what I give. I give a an experienced opinion, and I and I don't I don't pull any punches, right? So I give a very honest opinion on the matches I see, the workers I the workers in the ring. Um, I just love doing this show and it's a lot of fun. And, you know, I, at, when I first started this show, I thought, you know, it'd be fun to kind of, you know, just to talk, give my opinions on some of the stuff I watch. Cause I watch, I do watch a lot of wrestling and, you know, my wife gives me hell for it, but you know, well not hell. She just, you know, ribs me a little bit, but I just, I don't know. I just love wrestling. I love, I love this business still. And I enjoy watching the new up and coming talent and which brings me to the show 
tonight. Um, this weekend, excuse me. Um, ECWA Super 8 Tournament. Now, for me, I, I, honestly, it's been a while since I even pay attention to the Super 8 Tournament. I didn't know it was still going on, honestly. And I do have access to IWTV. And I was just surprised when I saw it. this ECW Super 8 popped up. And I was like, wow, that is still going today. And back... In 1997, when the first one happened, I remember at the time, and it was like the early stages of, uh, you know, online, um, American Online, the grandstand forums, the wrestling forums, and it it was a, a big time talk. A lot of, you know, great young independent wrestlers competing in this tournament, and from that first tournament in 1997 it just kept giving getting more and more momentum and i believe the best tournament was in 2001 when it was uh low key versus american and dragon brian danielson in the uh in the main event they had a really good tournament um and i just really enjoyed it and i i kept following for a few a few more years probably till the 10 year anniversary is probably i feel like that's the last one i I watched, um, but I did, you know, would keep up with results, but I just never so busy with wrestling. And um, at the time I was, you know, managing and then, and then eventually booking after that. And then of course running my own promotion in premiere. So I, I would just never, you know, didn't have enough time to watch those shows. And like I said, I just, it just kind of fell off. It, it it has lost its luster a little bit, right? Because when in 1997, when the Super 8 kicked off, it was, uh, you know, like a very popular thing. And, of course, with anything in wrestling that's popular, a lot of people start copying. So all these tournaments start popping up, right? Uh, and one of the tournaments that's heavily influenced by um, – by this ECWA Super 8 tournament was my home promotion, All Pro Wrestling out of Hayward, California. It 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 spawned the King of the Indies, right? And the first King of the Indies was an eight-man tournament just like the Super 8. And it, it happened with very little fanfare. And it was in this, a small town up north in Northern California, Galt, California. Uh, it was won by... Christopher Daniels. It was a good tournament, but it didn't get the press that the ABW promoter at the time, Roland Alexander, wanted. So, and Roland was very competitive. And when it didn't get the press it he expected, he wanted to make the 2001 bigger and better. And so, what he did was increase from the number of entrants from eight to 16 and he made a point to go out and find and and book the top indie wrestlers he could find um so 2001 is that was the big king indies tournament the most famous tournament of the king indies um it's the that king of indies tournament spawned ring of honor from uh you know gates wilkowski and uh 
and Rob Feinstein and whoever else was that in charge of the starting Ring of Honor, they saw the tape of King of Indies and they said, hey, these look at these 16 guys. That's a promotion here. So this could work. And so that's what they did. And it was a two-night tournament, the King of Indies. Um, it was in Vallejo, California. Roland Alexander, he just, you know, spared no expense. He was not only did he book talent from all the top indie talent from all the United States. There was Doug Williams, who was an unknown talent. Um, a recommendation from Michael Modest. He came over from England and from the King of Indies. He was that's how he ended up getting booked in Ring of Honor. Uh, eventually, TNA, Noah, etc. Um, that was a springboard for his career. Um, but all all that the King of Indies all started from the Super Eight, right? Because Roland was so competitive, and there was you know all all pro wrestling at the time in 1987 was you know making a lot of waves on the underground tape trading scene and roland would put you know west coast wrestling all pro wrestling up against you know east coast wrestling that got all all the attention so uh, roland you know loved loved controversy and on and he, and he, he spent way too much time on those aol grandstand board t- arguing with the fans talking to fans so when 2000, the 2000 King Indies, the first King Indies, didn't get the response that he wanted, didn't get the attention that he wanted, he really went out and made 2001 a big event, and and that you know, and that was direct competition with Super Eight. So Super Eight tournament heavy influenced on you know people my age. I'm, I'm 40. 43 right now 44 well, I don't even remember <laughs> but uh you know we when we grew we I grew up my in my age bracket I grew up in the um you know tape trading in the 90s and watching you know collect, getting tapes and you know ECW a ECW 8 was uh, a heavy heavy uh influence on me and you know it became a, it was a very popular tournament so when I saw it back or because they did i believe they did take 2021 off because of the pandemic i just it's just like i don't even think i thought about the super eight in a very long time and then i saw it i'm like wow i have to i have to watch this and i have to review it for the uh for the ticket on podcast now ecwa uh, was out of delaware founded by jim kettner who was a really good promoter um, respected promoter. I mean, a lot of the people that I know that compete in the Super 8 and has worked at ECW and, and met Jim Kettner and worked with him always just said nothing but great things. Um, uh, the first Super 8 winner was Ace Darling, a, 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 a Northeast indie wrestler that always enjoyed his work. Him and Devin Storm, I remember having a match. They, well, they're a tag team in WCW as extremists, and then they did one of the light heavyweight tournaments. Uh, with the, that light heavyweight match in the, in the tournament when they were crowning a new, a new light heavyweight champion in the WWF that was eventually won by Takamichinoku. Uh, they had a quick short match together. Ace Darling and Devin Storm did, and that was from you know Jim Cornette knowing those guys from working the Core Loser shows from working ECWA and. And the relationship he had with those guys. So, um, but like I said, my favorite one was the 2001 uh, ver- show, and that was uh, like it's won by Loki over Brian Danielson. 
And I just love that when you know, APW's 2001 King Indies, the finals was, again, Loki versus Brian Danson. But this time, Brian Danson beat Loki. They had a great final um, on both tournaments. And it wasn't supposed to be that. That was not supposed to be the finals at the APW. It was supposed to be Morishima from Noah when he was just a young rookie. And I believe it was going to be against Donovan Morgan. Um, I do know Morishima was for sure going to be in it and win it because Noah, you know, started building a relationship with the APW because they booked Michael Modest, Donovan Morgan, Bison Smith. And they wanted, and Roland wanted involvement from Noah, but Noah's like, okay, if you want, you want one of our guys to be in it, they're winning it, right? And this would be a good springboard for a young one of the young wrestlers like Morishima to uh, to win it. Um, but it it didn't that fell through. Things changed. Um, that same weekend, there was a, a power struggle with Michael Modest, Donovan Morgan, and Roland to where Michael Modest and Donovan Morgan and Bison Smith end up quitting um, APW, and they started their own promotion, Pro Wrestling Iron, for a short period of time. So the it was changed to Brian Danson winning and beating Loki, and Brian Danson ended up taking the spot of Michael Modest and being the head trainer, and Donovan Morgan, and being the head trainer of APW. So, a little backstory there. Um, Donovan Morgan, former APW wrestler, in 2002 won the Super 8 tournament. Um, he uh, he beat AJ Styles in the finals. I think if uh, they they could do it all over again, they they probably put AJ Styles over. I was shocked that Donovan won um, that year, but I that's it was that's what kind of made the Super 8 special. Like. They had, uh, you know, a surprise win like that, right? Um, I believe Tommaso Ciampa won one year, but the previous two years he he made it to the finals and lost. Um, my good friend, one of my buddies that I, I, I worked with in wrestling, um, traveled all over, you know, Northern California, all the West Coast with uh, J.J. Perez. Um, he was booked in the... Uh, 2005 Super 8 tournament on a recommendation from Christopher Daniels, who uh, came and, and worked many of APW shows before. Obviously, he won the 2000 um, King of Indies. He was in the 2001 King of Indies, but he came through in 2005, in January 2005, and was on a show that featured uh, JJ Perez, who wrestled AJ Styles that show. And after Christopher Daniels saw AJ uh, JJ Perez, he's called up Jim Kettner, said you got to book this kid for uh, the Super Eight tournament. And JJ Perez, um, he was only five foot four, but he was a hell of a worker. I mean, one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in person. You know, not I'm not saying because he's one of my good friends and he taught me a lot, but I'm just saying like he's just one of those guys that, and there's a lot of them that should have done more in wrestling. Didn't get the breaks. Um, it was a little bit on him because JJ, I thought, you know, on his own, he kind of let things just happen instead of hustled more. Um, he was nearly getting a New Japan contract. Uh, he was going to those Anoki Dojo shows. He wasn't an Anoki Dojo member, but he was booked on them many times. And, you know, that, that 
the carrot was there, you know, on the string was there for New Japan. I it just kept, and you know, kept moving and moving. The goal, you know, the, there's goalposts to get there, and it just kept moving on him. I think that kind of really soured him a little bit, and I, and he, of course he hurt his neck again. So he uh, he eventually retired. He came back for a short time. Uh, when I was booking APW, he was feeling good. His neck was got a great, uh, uh, great, you know, doctor visit, and everything was looking good. And he came back, and he was Mr. Wrestling Number Four, and which was just supposed to be a short time gimmick, end up being the gimmick he used for uh, the rest of his uh, wrestling career before he eventually hurt his neck again and ended up having to retire. Um, but he did good in that tournament. He uh, he won his uh, the first round match and eventually lost a semifinal match to Puma, who later on would become uh, T.J. Perkins. Uh, my best friend, Tom Caster, who was a current referee for the WWE and NXT, um, he refereed the 2007 uh, Super 8 tournament. And very rare for a, a person, especially a referee, especially from the West Coast, to be booked out for the super eight tournament like it just back then it was not a lot of fly-ins and you know for for a referee for sure and what happened when there was donald morgan was a previous winner this was a 10th anniversary of the super eight and what happened was jim kettner was asking um previous winners recommendations and he asked donovan morgan who would he recommend for the super eight tournament and, and I thought this was just a, a great thing by Donovan Morgan. He told Jim Kettner, he said, you know what? Instead of a, a wrestler for the tournament, may I recommend a referee, a kid that's hardworking, who's really good at his craft, his craft passionate about being the best referee, um, and just just a hardworking kid. And... And Jim Kettner said, sure, you know, I would love to book him. So Tom Caster got the referee, the 2007 Super 8 tournament. And as I said about Tom, always been a hustler. And he, you know, eventually got his got his dream job, WWE, and thriving to this day. So um... NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And another from one of my friends, Antonio the Promise Thomas, competed in the 2013 tournament. He also won this first round match, made it to the semifinals, losing the uh, the uh, Pep uh, Papa Don, but the vet, you know who ended up losing to the eventual winner, Damian Dragon. So 
a lot, a lot of connection for me with the Super 8. So um, memories of just early days of tape trading, um, the influence had it that it had on APW and the King of Indies, and you know personal friends who've worked for the tournament, who have all said nothing but good things about their experience there. The professionalism by Jim Kentner and his crew. Um, I talked to Antonio Promis Thomas today. I called him up and I said, hey, I'm going to be covering the Super 8 for the Take It On podcast. I would love to hear, you know, your thoughts on that, on, you know, competing in that tournament and what it meant to you. And so I took a lot of notes. He was, we talked for about a good, I don't know, 30 minutes and, um, and, you know, he said competing in the Super 8 for him was a big highlight It's like it, for him it's right up there with signing with wwe with with you know working on those big sh- wwe shows with those those other you know with the legends and the flares or randy orton's etc um and also up there with working in, in all japan's because to him the super eight just like me was a very important tournament um he said getting that medal and getting that shirt meant so much to him. That Super 8 shirt and that, that medal meant so much. It's like having his own baseball card. Um, like I said, he was a fan of the previous tournaments. Uh, and and because competing in Super 8 meant so much to him to be there to, to do that, to get that opportunity. Not, But competing there, it meant so much more to him because in 1999, his trainer, Steve Bradley, not only competed in that tournament in 1999, but won it that year. Um, in 2013, Promise uh, won his first round match with Red Titus. He said it was a good match, but he lost the this finals, the semifinals, excuse me, to uh, Papa Don. Um, he also said one of the highlights of that 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 night was meeting Bill Apter for the first time and talking to him. Um, he still thinks about that that show fondly. And when I was talking to him, I could just hear just just the just the excitement of the memories coming back. Uh, and he's telling me all these, st- the stories of that, of that day. And that it was a very important tournament. And it's still important to the, to the eight competitors that worked on this year's tournament. Now for me, I fell out of the way. Like I said, I almost forgot it was even around. So I was really excited to, like I said, watch it, review it. I'm not going to review all the non-tournament matches on the show. I just want to focus on the tournament matches. But, um, you know, looking at the eight competitors, and I'll go down the list here. The first one that jumps out of me was that I, which I was, like, shocked to see. Uh, Ricky Morton, 65-year-old Ricky Morton of the legendary team, the Rock and Roll Express. Um, he, I was like, wow. that You know, when I think Super 8, I think of giving opportunities to these young young independent wrestlers and but you know it's i kind of like i kind of like it it's it's adds a different element you know booking the legendary wrestler um and i'll talk about the booking of this tournament and what i thought should have happened etc um also with darius carter who i've never seen before but you know i'll never forget his name after i watched this uh this tournament Fancy Ryan Clancy, who I have seen before, a great young wrestler. He does like an old uh, 50s style like gimmick, um, but he's a good little worker. Um, I've seen him wrestle on the Wrestle Open show. 
Eric Corvus. I haven't seen him before, but apparently he's wrestled for 20 years. Um, Travis Huckabee, I have seen from Beyond Wrestling and Wrestle Open shows. Eel O'Neill, another guy I have not seen before. Very uh, look like a very young wrestler. Uh, Encore, I remember seeing it on Wrestle Open um, these last few shows. And Erica Lee, who I apparently was the first female in ever in this tournament. Um, I have not seen her work before. So I was excited to see, um, you know, a lot of these new faces that I haven't seen before. I love seeing new talent for the first time that I haven't seen and discovering them. Um, and just, just seeing what they bring to the table, who stands out, who do I see as a future player? Um, so again, very excited to, uh, to review this tournament. One part of the, of the letdown though, was the overall show production. It was uh, you know, it was a two-camera shoot, which is which is great. You know, for indie, this is indie. You know, I'm not not knocking the how I many. You know, didn't have like four camera shoot. I, you know, I, I appreciate the at least a hard cam and a floor cam and the and the um, the switch in there. You know, a lot of a lot of people don't even do that these days. Um, but like, it was just it was just like show started. Um. A very bright little building. Um, you know, I'm not gonna not you know, even knock how many fans there. It was, it was looking like a smaller crowd than what I remember in the past. But I'm not, you know, I'm not, not I'm not knocking that. I'm not knocking that. I, but I was bummed that you know guys just came out of a curtain and there's no video wall. What I loved about the old tournaments, which used to pump me up. I remember watching those tournaments. Like they would make these uh, videos, uh, hype up the show and talk about who's in the tournament and show some highlights of previous matches and they would cut up the highlights. And I remember just being like so stoked to see that. I remember it used to drive me nuts though that the way they would show it on video was like the camera would just focus on the video screen that they had and zoom in. But you know, this is early nineties and that's what we had back then. But I was always thinking like, we could just splice that in the video so I can see it clearly. Uh, maybe post maybe like by the time the tape comes out, you know, it's, cleaned up but whatever i bet still I, it, it it popped me up for the tournament when i saw that okay so there was none of that they didn't do that and i was like just just bummed the commentary team were they good were they bad i don't know because i can't even hear them it was so low and again like a lot like i said a lot of these competitors i didn't know and i was hoping from the commentary team they would fill in those you know some history and some backstory and Maybe some, you know, what they've done previous, just so I could, you know, get to know these, these athletes. And again, I, I did not hear, I heard one line, it was bad. So maybe I, maybe it's the best thing I didn't hear, but, um, uh, so that was a bummer. So, so overall the productions was way, way different than what I, what I remember previously from when I used to watch the Super 8 tournament. Um, this show took place on March 26th. In Morganville, New Jersey, um, ECWA, Jim Kettner, you know, he sold it in 2010 to Matt Tartaglia and Joe Zanoli. And in 2019, Tartaglia sold the promotion to Zanoli. So, and I, you know, I think once, once Kettner sold it to, in 2010, I believe it, that's when it moved from Delaware to New Jersey. I could be wrong on that, but I believe that's what happened. Um, so again, bummed off the bat, the production. And I, you know, 
indies today have pretty decent production because you could do a decent production these days with not with not the uh the biggest budget and with that said like when i just see like something from the past you know like from the 90s um it's a it's a bummer and i'm not you know it's like i mean i seriously the, the the production has really improved for the last like four years five years so i expected more out of this so let's get into the matches here um round one the opening match was Eric Corvus versus Erica Lee. Um, now, personally, I'm not a fan of intergender matches. Now, don't stop the don't stop the podcast. Hear me out. Um, I I love women's wrestling. I just think it should be featured equally. Like the women shouldn't be special attractions. It should be done respectfully. And they should be put in the position that they're being taken seriously. Um, like, I think you should have, like, if you're booking women's wrestling, you want to book a really good, if it's just one match, you still want it to be a really good match, right? You just don't want to just book any women just to have women on the card. Um, I just, you know, booking, I know they're trying to tell a story here with Erica Lee. Um, and, you know, Intergender matches can work. It did work here, definitely. When I talk about the finals, and that kind of gives away what happens, but um, I, I just think I don't know. I just, I just wish they, you know, er- Erica Lee could have been in a match with uh, a top quality women's wrestler, and they could have had a really hell of a match. And she didn't need to be the turn to prove anything. Or to prove anything about women's wrestling. Um, so that's my opinion on that. Um, but I will say and that at first I was kind of like, eh. But in the end, it worked. And I'll talk about that when I reach the finals. Uh, but this match, this opening match, Eric Corvus and Eric Lee just felt like a, a spot show match. Instead of, instead of a prestigious tournament match. It was the old, you know... Sh- chauvinistic male heel talking down to the female competitor eric corvus was like this heavyset guy long pants t-shirt um did not look intimidating at all um i was impressed by erica lee though um she had good size she has a good look you know she you know she brings it she knows she has to bring it as a female working men like she doesn't hold back i like that um her facial expressions were over the top and her selling and I didn't understand her gimmick. She would do like this, I don't know, claw motion with both hands and she seemed kind of quirky. I just didn't get what it was. And of course there's no commentary to explain it. She kind of reminded me of a, a, a little mean Kathleen who I love. I just love that, that girl and love that gimmick. So she reminded me of her, but I, I, I would like to see Eric Lee kind of drop the shtick and just be more of a serious wrestler because it worked for Little Mean Kathleen, but from what I saw here, it just didn't work for me. Now, uh, Erica Lee won with a bridging back suplex on uh, Eric Eric Corbis. That, that that looked really impressive. The next match was uh, Fancy Ryan Clancy versus E. O'Neill. I've never seen E. O'Neill wrestle before. Um, I have seen Ryan Clancy wrestle, and he's a really impressive youngster. Uh, O'Neal was fine here, but I, I believe the one the wrong guy won. Um, 
Clancy is just it's just a step ahead of him and showed more here. And I just thought, uh, in my opinion, Clancy should have went over. Um, I thought Clancy should have went a lot farther in his tournament, honestly. Because, um, you know, the, the Super 8, again, about these young up-and-coming wrestlers. And um, and I think there's a great upside to uh, Fancy Ryan Clancy. Um, Eel Neal, I just I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Uh, maybe a, another match I'll see him down the line. And I'll be impressed. But right now on this show, I, I didn't see it. Um, the next match was Travis Huckabee versus Encore. I've seen, like I said, I've seen both of these men. Um, Huckabee and Beyond and also uh, Russell Open. Encore, I've seen him recently in Russell Open. Um, uh, Huckabee's a solid worker. He doesn't have much of a look. He's, I don't know how old he is, but with his, you know, he has like a bald head, but you still, you know, let's see like the the bald line with the hair, and he looks probably older than he actually is. Uh, but he's 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 a he's a good quality worker, and honestly, if he came around in the '80s, he would have been a really reliable job guy for like the WWF or the NWA. And I say that with the sincerest compliment, right? Um. Those guys are very valuable. Uh, uh, George South was very valuable. Um, Italian Stallion is very valuable. Barry Horror is very valuable talents. Um, so I'm not knocking the enha- being an enhancement guy, but like a reliable enhancement guy. A guy that when you're in that town, you're like, uh, who are you booking? We're booking Travis Huckabee because I know he would do a good job in getting our guys over. Um, Encore's a good-looking athlete. Um a lot of potential there. Like I've seen many times on the like I said, the wrestling open cards. Um, I'm still not sure about the encore name. I'm not sure about the gimmick. I I just don't really understand it. But this guy, you know, has a great body, good look. He has good looking gear. Just looks like a professional, right? Doesn't look like a guy that's your next door neighbor, and that's what you don't want to see. And and um. You know, not knock. I'm not trying to knock Eric Corvus, but that's what I saw. Like, okay, I, this is like guys, a weekend warrior I see on, you know, a lot of indie wrestling, right? Like, I, I want to see the guys that and gals that want to take that next step. And Encore, like, you know, he puts a lot of extra presentation, um, but he's still very green. Still has a lot to work on. Um, the story of this match is Huckabee was working on the arm. Um, and then when it was finally time for Encore to make his comeback, he was giving back what he was getting from Huckabee, right? So he started going with the arm and, and working on it. Now, that normally works nine times out of ten. But here, it just didn't work. Encore just didn't have the, the fire on that comeback. We started doing these uh, arm ringers into like a shoulder with whole, still clasping the arm and pulling Huckabee in and giving him a little shoulder shoulder strikes. Um, it just lost the crowd. I would have kept it very simple. You know, big drop kicks, another big drop kick. With the guy on the ropes, back drop, right? Cover, one, two, pick him back up. Um, I don't know. The comeback was kind of blown when I saw it. And I, I just... I just thought it was a wasted. It just he just missed it there, and I like Encore. I've seen him have you know I've seen the potential there, and he's just gonna continue to grow and learn. And um, so yeah, I, I hope the you know I hope this was a great learning experience for him, and 
and I hope to see him uh, just continue to grow. Like I said, um, the the last match of the first round was Darius Carter versus Ricky Morton. This was a good match. Um, it's always fun seeing a longtime veteran like Ricky, Ricky Morton. I mean, this guy's 65 years old. And I just love seeing the tricks those old veterans have, right? Like, I try to remember how long this match was. It wasn't very long. But what Ricky knows, like, oh, he's a he's a legendary guy. He doesn't need to do much at all. He's 65 fucking years old, for God's sakes, right? Like, so he comes out and a lot, the first part, his entrance, he comes out and, like, four girls storm him. And it's it looked put on, and it was put on. You know, but it was just, I just got the biggest laugh out of it because, you know, to trying to make it like, you know, 1980, uh, 1986 or something. And it was just gave me a crack. But Ricky Moore gets in there and he's like, he's just, you know, just killing the time. Rock, you're getting, getting some chance. Rock and roll, rock and roll, right? Darius is moving in and it's, you know, they're, 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 they're circling each other and, um, uh, it was it was just it was, I just love seeing the little tricks he would do. Uh, this is the first time I seen Darius Carter. Really liked him. Solid fucking worker. Um, he had uh, some good height to him, a good frame on him. I started watching some of his old stuff, and you see his him just maturing his body, adding some weight to it. I just want to see a little more definition on that body, but I liked. Great, he, he, facially and body type remind me of Ranger Ross in the NWA. If you remember him in 1989, 1990, um, you know, mid card babyface guy, Air Force, legitimate Air Force guy. Uh, I think he got a medal for some some I forget what medal, maybe medal honor. I don't, I remember what maybe that was. I don't know, maybe it was a work. You know, Jim Ross would always talk about. It. I remember just hearing that. I know later on he got busted for like, maybe tax evasion or something like that, but. Uh, he just, but Darius just facially looked like Ranger Ross to me, and um, and in his frame as well, um, you know, just little tricks here. And Ricky Moore is still sixty five years old, can sell. He takes a shot, takes a bump to his knees, goes to the ropes, looks at the people, tries to get that sympathy. Makes a little hand gesture with his hands to kind of get them to go, get them to go. He's going to start cheering at Root on. Just simple shit, man. Uh, Darius went with his feet on the ropes, which shocked me. I figured, like, okay, there's two stories I can tell here. And they went with one of the stories, I thought. But I thought they would go Ricky Morton, the old 65-year-old, uh, making it to the finals and losing to the to the young young gun, right? And I don't know, he's 65, so working three times. You know, maybe not in the cards for him at this time in his career. Or maybe like, you know, he wants to pay his payoff is per match. And I'm sure he got a decent payoff. And, you know, the promoter, uh, Zanoli, probably was like, I, I don't know if I want to pay three times, right? Um, it all depends what you work out. You know, some guys will want per match in a tournament. Some guys will, you know, kind of change their, you know, their payoff as it, you know, a little less as they go in the finals, you know, just stuff like that. Like as they keep going to the tournament, it, it, they get a little extra, you know, it all depends what you want to work out there. Um, but, you know, I kind of like, 
we've been into that. Like the old veteran going for to win this tournament that has all this history to it. Um, have him go to the finals and at the at semifinals. After, we, after he wins the semifinals, he just cuts a a promo about, you know, I'm 65 years old. I've been wrestling for 45 years. I've been the NWA World Tag Team Champion five times or wherever it was, six times, whatever it was. And winning this would be so important to me. Winning this would be so important for the old guys that that people write off. I want to still show, hey, I might be 65 years old, but I still hang with these young kids. And let me tell you, those first two kids I, I wrestled, they put up tight, tight. Tough, tough fights. They gave me, they gave me hell. Now they had me almost beat a couple times, but lucky for me, my experience went out on these youngsters. And now I'm going to this final, and I want to win it. I want to hold that trophy. I want to, you know, I want to show the world in 2022 that Ricky Morton, Hall of Famer, still got it. You know, just a nice promo to pump him up. You know, pump up the crowd, get people invested in the story. And I would have still done the finals with Darius Carter in the finals versus Ricky Morton. I wouldn't have Ricky Morton in the opener. Um, but they went a different way. They went with Erica Lee in the finals versus Darius Carter. And it worked. And we'll talk about that. The next match, Erica Lee versus Eel Neal. This, I thought, was a, just the worst match on the tournament. They just, I just felt they had no chemistry. Uh, Eel Neal, just he's did a crowd. I don't know. It was just it wasn't there for me. And Erica wants a spear. And again, weakest match of the tournament. The next match was a, a really good technical match. It was, like, it was a heel versus heel match from but you know, Huckabee worked the baby face for this match. Um this is a match, like I said, was good overall. The more I see a Darius Carter, the more I'm just impressed with this guy. In this match, Darius got to show off his technical wrestling skill. I really enjoyed the chain wrestling in the beginning of the match. Uh, and Darius ended up winning with this his this Cobra Clutch Face Buster combo. Think of uh, Jeff Cherish, the stroke, or same move, the Dennis Condry, Full Nelson, Face First, uh, Face First uh, Slam. The Miz does something similar. Uh, but I like this. It it was sweet looking. And the way he executed it and set it up and was great. Um, so very again, very impressed with Darius with Darius Carter. Uh, the main event was Darius Carter versus Erica Lee. Um, again, I'm not a big fan of these intergender matches, but and I will say I'm wrong when I'm wrong, and I was wrong going in. I, this match worked because Darius Carter is a is a good worker. And he really did a great job of healing on Erica Lee, building up to her big comeback. Um, they did a, a really good um, build to the finish. And the whole book in the tournament was good when it came to Erica Lee because she won with the bridging suplex. Was a false finish. Um, was a false finish in this match. She won the spear the previous match, semifinals over Eo Neal. Another false finish in this match. Um, so the crowd was like, when she hit those two moves, or just like, oh, that was it. 
and they bought those false finish. And Darius Darius Carter's kickouts were perfect too. It wasn't wasn't too big. It wasn't too. It was just like oh, he just barely. And people were like, man, are vested into this. So I was really enjoying this. It didn't matter women versus male, right? It was. It, they built a nice story. Um, again, Erica Lee was bringing it because she has to. She has to as a female. Uh, and she has good size on herself. So it like it didn't look ridiculous here. Um, as they work towards the finish, this is where it dipped a little for me towards the finish. Erica Lee pulled out a jock strap or something. Like, you know, think Mr. Sacco, think of you know, Mick Foley. And she pulled. I just thought it wasn't needed here. It it, it wasn't. Ah, she could have done something else. You know, I don't know. It just this match was going so well and was taken beyond just being, you know, like I said, intergender. Like it it was taken as a really it's because the work was good here. It was taken seriously by the audience and you myself. Like I said, critical of intergender matches. I was invested in the work and the story they're telling. And once they did the, once she pulled out the jock strap or whatever it was, it just took me out of it. Took me out of that suspension of disbelief. Now, now it's silly pro wrestling. Everyone's trying to be funny. Everyone's trying to be funny. Because it got a couple of people some contracts, right? AW, Orange Cassidy. Everyone's just trying to be this ironic comedy. And I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of this shit. Let's be wrestlers again. That's why I like Darius Carter. He's not flashy, but he's a classic worker and he has a good presentation. Why I don't I never heard him before this. I mean, maybe I should have. But but I, I don't remember seeing him pop up all over. Why is he I see all these guys getting flown out and these all these indies, and I'm like, why are they flying this guy out? Right, just because he did a, a move or has a gif out there, you know, you know Derek Darius Carr's not flashy to do some, to do some get have some gif of him, you know, like some stupid flashy move. And these mark promoters now just like, oh, they see a flashy gif of a wrestler and they start booking these guys, flying them out. I'm like, dude, fly out the good quality workers, right? Fly out the Darius Carters. Who's going to give you 110%? Going to put on a great match for you, a logical match. It's not going to. It's not going to insult your audience. Is win or lose is going to help the credibility of your promotion. I want a guy like Darius Carter. If I, I wish I was booking still, I really do. I would book Darius Carter in a heartbeat. Um, you know, I just you know really impressed with him throughout this tournament and in this final. He was a great leader in there. And so, Eric Lee, back to the jockstrap thing. She gets the Mister gets the jockstrap in his mouth, and like I said, you know, as I explained, this, I mean, it's getting ridiculous, right? He ends up re- getting out of that, reversing it, and and she goes flying into the corner between the top and middle ropes, and does a great shoulder post in the in the in the corner. Honestly, shoulder posts. Are usually not they're always mistimed and never look good, but this one looked great. It's like one of the best shoulder posts I've seen in a very, very long time. Um 
another thing I didn't like here was Darius would go when out when outside the ring, and as you know, Erica Lee selling you know the shoulder hitting the hitting the post. She's still down there, head is sticking out next to the ring post. Darius comes out and he starts slamming her head into the ring post. That's that's way too much here, way too much here. Um. I'm a little old school. I'm very protected of the ring post. This wasn't needed here. That's way too big here. It's Sterius, honestly, should never left the ring here. It should have been the post. He needed to sell a little bit. The the, the Sako in his mouth, the, you know, the jockstrap in his mouth. He's a kind of like, you know, register. Just ugh. And... And then just get like a mean streak. And that was, yeah, that was mean to go out there and slam her head, but into the ring post multiple times. But I just seemed to grab her out of that corner, turn her around, lock on that Cobra clutch, and hit that sweet face buster. And again, it looked great with Travis, when he did Travis Huckabee. Huckabee took that bump great. And Eric Lee took that bump great. It made, made that thing look just, a, just like a beautiful move. And the right guy won here, Darius Carter. He was the best person in this tournament, you know, overall. You know, Ricky Morton's a legend, but he's also 65. Um, you know, I, you got to give it to a young guy who's building his name. And like I said, I, I feel, I'm ashamed of myself. I've never seen Darius Carter or heard from him, but also shame on the promoters and shame on the, the wrestling journalist that, you know, they're out there getting all these other guys' names out there, and and Darius Carter's names need to be out there. He does, and I hope this. I'm glad I watched the show. I'm glad it because one, it brought back great memories of the Super Eight um, tournament of the past. Brought great m- memories of my friends in the tournament who worked this tournament, um, and it brought me back to what I love about this tournament is the feature these, you know. A lot of unknown talent giving them a platform to build on their on their name, and for a guy like myself, to be like, you know what? I've never seen this guy before, Darius Carter. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I want to see more of that guy. I'm looking forward to seeing more matches with him in it. Um, so here's to Darius Carter. I, I, you know, I I hope he gets booked in bigger and bigger promotions. Right, the um, Super Eight. Not as, like I said, prestigious as once was. Again, oversaturation of tournaments. Um, now I think the, the most high-profile tournament in the United States is, um, is of course, Battle of Los Angeles, PWG. Um, internationally, on the independent scene, is, to me, the 16-karat gold in WXW. And if uh, Felix and the guys at WXW are listening to this podcast, hey, if you don't know this kid, Darius Carter, take a look at him for the you know 2023 16 karat gold tournament. Worth the investment to fly out. Um, he's not flashy, but he's a hell of a solid worker, quality worker, and I love to see him get his name out there internationally and also all over the United States. Come on, PWG. Stop booking the guys that do a bunch of flips and do a bunch of spots and a bunch of, you know, get, you know, book a guy like this. Give him the platform. He'll get over 
in one match. You don't need to win the tournament. Just one match, even the losing in. I, I think he'll – I know he'll get over. I'm confident in him. So, so that's Super 8 2022 review. Wow. Um, I had a lot of fun talking about this tournament. Um, it's great to look back. Like I said, it brought back so many memories um, of the tournaments, of the first, like, 10 years of the tournament, specifically for me. Um, great memories of, my, like I said, my friends competing in the tournament. So I hope you guys enjoy this show. Um, and again, once again, I'll be taking another week off because I'll be on vacation with my, with my beautiful family. But I'll be back in a couple weeks to talk about another great, another exciting young independent promotion. And I'm looking forward to discovering some new talent that I've never seen before. And like a Darius card, like I saw here, like Erica Lee, I really liked her work as well. Um, I I saw big time potential in her. So um, thanks again. Follow me on Twitter at LaRockaJL. You know, follow Fight Game Media on Twitter as well. Again, check out our Patreon, Fight Game Media Plus. It's five dollars. We got you know, the nostalgia show, like like Garrett Gonzalez and myself do for uh, Raw 1998, as we're you know fall we're reviewing it week to week. Um, Breaks for Impact with uh, my good friend uh, uh, Mike Gilbert and Justin Justin Oliva. They do a great show on Impact Wrestling, probably the the best. A podcast on on Impact Wrestling. If you're a fan of Impact Wrestling, you're listening out there. Definitely check out their show. It's very great. Uh, they do a great review for free on the free feed, which is which this feed is on. And they also do uh, on the Patreon. That's where they get the news. That's where they they drop you with uh, some of the inside dirt of uh, Impact Wrestling. And also continue to support this free feed. We have the rap with Keila Cash. She has a great show talking about WWE, the boom talking about all things AEW with James, McD- James and Kevin have an awesome show. Um, we have Robert Silva talking boxing. And if you love boxing, you want to hear Robert Silva talk about boxing. Cause he's so passionate, so knowledgeable. Um, so yeah, check, Check our check our our fight game media out. Support us. We love to hear feedback and give me your feedback on this show. Um, give me feedback on the Super Eight. I, if you haven't watched it yet, I hope this review makes you go to IWTV and watch it. Um, IWTV is a great streaming service for for fans of independent wrestling. They have a lot of great content, a lot of great content on there. Um, I personally enjoy Wrestling Open. It's a it's a fun show that features a platform for young wrestlers some veteran wrestlers will appear on that show they just had matt taven on that show they had fandango on that show previously um mixing in with the young wrestlers so i think you guys will enjoy that so support iwtv uh, and support independent wrestling is very important um a lot of great talent out there and we should uh we should talk about it. We should celebrate them, and we should keep getting their name out there for promoters to book these kids and give them that exposure. Because I want to see these kids move on up from the indies to getting a contract somewhere. Because uh, you know, I'm always rooting for this business and rooting for the people who are passionate about this business. So, again, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it, and I look forward to you guys listening back again in two weeks. Take care. Have a happy Easter. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.